the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. May His grace and peace rest upon all of us. A blessed feast of the Apostles coming on Tuesday. And so as we expect, the Gospel reading today comes from Luke chapter 10, where the Lord sends out the 70 apostles. Now, we have two times where the Lord sends out two groups of people, one in Matthew 10, where he sends the 12 disciples, and then we have in Luke 10, where he sends out the 70 apostles. And today I would like to talk about three points. I would like to talk about Moses and Christ, the Bible and the church, peace and the kingdom. So those are three points that I would like to talk about today. Um, the sending out of the 70, first this feast coming up is really important to us. Very important for the Orthodox Church. Uh, the sending out of the 70 is not random at all. It's not a random number that the Lord had just decided to send out 70. But if you would remember, Moses was given the law written, right? He was given the tablets, and, and then later on, he was given the whole book of Deuteronomy on how to worship, how to live, how to even perform justice within uh, the community of God's people, because remember, Israel was God's people. And so Moses was given the law written. But Moses did not lead alone. You know, Israel was actually divided into 12 tribes. The 12 tribes were the sons of Jacob. And so the sons of Jacob made up the people of God. The people of God were the sons of Jacob as they multiplied and as they grew in number. And so you have the 12 tribes, and in comparison to that, you have the 12 apostles, the 12 disciples. And then Moses, because the people multiplied and they became so many, So he decided, his father-in-law advised him to maybe assign maybe 70 more people to help him manage this big and large number of people. And so God said to him, bring the 70 men in front of the tent of the tabernacle, in front of the tabernacle, and I will give, I'll take from your spirit and give unto them, and give them, uh, um, from the same spirit that you have. And so you see the number of 70 as well. So now what you notice is that those 70 started to help Moses in many things. They start to help Moses in almost being judges, almost resolving some societal uh, uh, 
distributes, if you would, um, they became uh, helpmates to Moses. And of course, later on, when the worship system started, when the tabernacle was established, when they started to, to, to have sacrifices, then there was the priests and the Levites and, and all this. And so there was the written law, but there was room on how to understand and interpret this written law. This written law was not alone, but it needed interpretation. It needed someone to explain to the people how to live it. It needed someone to tell the people how to actually perform the sacrifices. And so when the Lord established and started the 12 disciples, and then later on he sent out the 70 apostles, these numbers were not random. These numbers were actually very important. The 12 tribes and the 12 disciples represented the new, the 12 disciples represented the new people of God, the new nation that God and Christ reign over. These are now the people of God. And those who believe in them and those who believe in the same faith as they believe, they become God's people. See, Israel was a type of the church. Israel that came before and the people of God that came before the church, they were actually to point out to the coming of the church. Moses was a type of Christ. In fact, there are some who would read the Gospel of Luke and, and see the Lord as, of course, in Matthew too, in Matthew, mainly the, the, the Lord is the new Moses, and see the Lord in Luke as also the prophet. But aside from that, so, so, so Israel was the type of the church. So these numbers that, that Moses chose and the Lord chose were not random. They were not just uh, numbers that uh, it just happened that the Lord came and chose 70. Um, and neither Moses did. Um, so now the church becomes the new people of God. The new people of God. Now, point number two, I want to talk about the Bible and the church. And I think this is really important. So now we hear questions like, show me in the Bible, where does it say, for example, that I have to fast St. Mary's fast? Show me in the Bible that it say, that we have to pray towards the East. Show me in the Bible that smoking is a sin. And the question, the question continues on, show me in the Bible, show me in the Bible, show me in the Bible. I have to tell you, this is not, let me, before I make my statement, let me, the church fathers, looked at the scriptures as the infallible word of God. 
and they dealt with it this way, and they looked at it very in a very sacred way, and they kept it and they preserved it in their heart and in their mind and in their lives. But along with the Bible, there was a church. In fact, the church was before the Bible. It was the apostles that wrote the Bible. It was the apostles that wrote the Gospels. It was the apostles that wrote the epistles. And so the early church never thought Bible only, but they thought Bible and church, scriptures and practice, scriptures and tradition. The Feast of the Apostles is so important for us to remind us of something absolutely crucial. By the way, you hear this in, in the letters of St. Paul. He writes to Timothy and he says, the things which I have spoken to you in the presence of many, entrusted to others who are also able to teach it to other people. And so it was not like Timothy pull out the letter to the Romans and teach it to your people. It was not like that at all. Or pull out the letter to the Corinthians and teach it to your people. It was not that. But that which he heard from me in many witnesses, by many witnesses, entrusted to faithful men who are also able to teach it to others. And then he repeats the same thought in 1 Corinthians, and he says, that I have given to you that which I have received, that Christ had died for our sins, that he was buried for three days, and that he was raised. And so, this feast comes to remind us of the importance of the church. Saint Athanasius has such a profound statement when it comes to this. He says, that which the Lord taught, the apostles preached, and the fathers preserved. I'll repeat again. That which the Lord had taught, the apostles preached, and the fathers preserved. The question of Show me in the Bible is a very good question if it comes from a sincere heart seeking true knowledge. Seeking really, show me where the word of God leads me. This is 100% accurate question. But sometimes that question comes from an unorthodox doctrine. Actually, we call it sola scriptura, Bible only. That does not exist in the Orthodox Church. It does not exist. I have to tell you, when the Word of God Himself came to earth, He did not send a book, but rather He came incarnate to show us and to tell us, this is how you live. 
The Bible, you read it, it prepares your heart, it prepares your mind. You come to church to receive grace. They both work together. No such a thing as, I can sit at home and read alone. That's not how the church lived. If you sit at home and read alone, you're starting again. You're reinventing the wheel that could actually take you to the wrong road. It's actually such an incredible grace from God, such an incredible grace from God, that he gave us the Bible and gave us the church. So the church can read the Bible and give us how to live it and how to adapt it to our lives. The Bible is incarnational in us. But the question of show me in the Bible, show me in the Bible, show me in the Bible, that started to rise now among some of our youth, that question is good if it's coming from a sincere heart. If it's coming from a heart seeking God and seeking his dwelling in us. But that question, when it's coming from a mind to challenge the church, that would call that sola scriptura. That's not orthodox at all. In fact, you can read the Bible and you can actually misinterpret the Bible. Of course, by the Holy Spirit, he will guide you if you have the right intentions. Absolutely, 100%. We trust in that. But I have to tell you, what the church offers you through the apostles and through the church fathers is best practice. Think about it this way. If you've taken chemistry, think about you're going to a lab, trying to do uh, an experiment, and it doesn't go very well, and you recognize, oops, maybe I need to invent a goggle, right? Why? Because I need to protect my eyes, for example. Or for example, if you're learning math, and you need to learn a new method on how to solve a problem that's difficult for you. This is what the church offers. The church offers best practices. All matters that have to do with the faith are written by the apostles in the Bible. All matters that have to do with tradition and how to live the faith that's kept in the church. Is that clear now? But again, I do not want you to think church only or Bible only. I want you to think it's church and Bible. In fact, the church never thought of distinction. The early church never thought of that distinction that we're making right now. This was not a question to be asked. The Bible was in the church. Again, what the Lord taught, the apostles preached, and the fathers 
preserved. Now, my last point. So now I talked about Moses and Christ, the Bible and the church. I want to talk about peace and the kingdom. And I want to take a moment to read, but whatever house you enter first, say, peace to this house. That's one. And then when they receive you, do what? Heal the sick. Give them a sign. Give them a proof. Third, say to them, the kingdom is near. Say peace, show a sign of healing, give them the word. This is the church. Every time you come, you hear Irene Posse. Every time you come, you hear peace be with you. Every time you come, our souls are healed. Every time you come, it's a warning. For the kingdom is God, the kingdom of God is at hand, the kingdom of God is near, the kingdom is here. This is the church. But I also want to, I want to say something. If we would carry the message of the church and the message of the Lord, this has to be carried in peace. It has to be carried with evidence that the Lord is in us. In Colossians, St. Paul speaks about the mystery of Christ in you. What's the mystery of Christ in you? What's the mystery of Christ? He is the hope of glory in us. This is a true sign. Two signs for a true Christian individual. Two signs. If you don't have them, you should ask yourself. Peace and joy. If these two, you don't have them, you should ask yourself about your relationship with God and about the kingdom that is supposed to be in you. If we to carry the kingdom and the word of God to anyone, Two things have to exist, peace in us and a sign that the Lord is within us. My peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. This is what the Lord gives, not like the world. If you don't have peace, if you don't have joy, we need to ask ourselves about the kingdom that is supposed to be in us and that we are supposed to carry it outside with the apostles. And glory be to God forever.